Great news, everyone. Jesus is alive and well. This is Glenn Raglan Educational and Transformational Ministries. Great Ministries. Welcome to this week's podcast. Let's pray. Father, you are our God. We exalt your great name, for you have done supernatural things. We continue to pray for peace in Israel. We pray the blood of Jesus over coronary artery disease. We pray that your word will go forth. It will not return to you empty. It will accomplish what you sent it to do in the name of the rock cut out of a mountain, Jesus Christ, amen. We continue our series on supernatural, God at work, and we pick up with the prophet Elijah confronting King Ahab and the prophets of Baal in a showdown to see who was the true God over Israel in 1 Kings chapter 18. Verse 1 says, And it came to pass after many days that the word of the Lord came to Elijah in the third year, saying, Go, present yourself to Ahab, and I will send rain on the earth. My friends, Elijah had declared that no rain would fall on Israel, and now, three years later, drought and famine had stricken the area. During the three years, Elijah had been a wanted man. Jezebel the queen had killed many of the prophets of God. But on this day, Elijah met with King Ahab to settle who was God. Ahab called for Israel, along with 450 prophets of Baal, to meet Elijah on Mount Carmel. In verse 21, Elijah asked the people how long would they try to serve Baal and at the same time serve God. Folks, we have too many Christians serving the Lord on Sunday and serving other masters the rest of the week. And that scenario does not work for the Lord God of Israel. So Elijah issues a challenge. We will take two bulls, cut them up, lay them on the wood, but put no fire under it. You, the prophets of Baal, call on your god Baal, and I will call on my god, and whoever answers by fire, he is God. The people agreed to worship the God who sends fire for the sacrifice. So the prophets of Baal prepared one of the bulls on the altar they made and called on Baal from morning to noon and then from noon to evening. Elijah poked fun at the prophets, telling them to shout louder. Maybe he's meditating or busy or away on a trip or perhaps he is sleeping. The prophets cut themselves and danced, but still no answer from Baal. Then Elijah took twelve stones representing the twelve tribes of Israel, rebuilt the altar that had been destroyed, and dug a trench around the altar. He placed wood on the altar, cut the bull in pieces, and laid it on the wood. Then he had four large water pots filled and poured on the sacrifice and the wood three times, soaking the sacrifice, the wood, and filling the trench around the altar. In verse 36, Elijah prayed to God at the time of the evening sacrifice and said, Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, and I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your word. 
Verse 37 says, Hear me, O Lord, hear me, that this people may know that you are the Lord God, and you have turned their hearts back to you again. My comrades, Elijah's prayer is a prayer that each of us can pray daily to declare God's sovereignty over our lives, to declare that we serve a great God, to declare our obedience to the Word of God, to declare that there is only one true God, and to declare that we will return to you again. Fire then came from heaven and consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and the dust, along with the water in the trench. Folks, sometimes when God reveals himself in my day-to-day events, I smile and say to God, now you're just showing off. This was a moment he showed off. Verse 40 says, When the people saw the fire consume the sacrifice, they fell on their faces and said, The Lord, he is God. The Lord, he is God. Right after this, the rains came and the drought was over. Elijah's successor was Elisha. And in 2 Kings chapter 2, verses 20 through 22, the men of Jericho came to Elisha with a problem. The water that was being used to irrigate the crops had turned bad. It was killing the crops. And my brothers and sisters in Christ, sometimes the very thing that is supposed to nourish and strengthen you will sour, decay, and become ineffective. Then finally, slowly kill you. Baal worship was killing the Israelites slowly. Sin will kill you slowly. Elisha's solution given to him by the Lord was to take a new bowl, which represented Elisha's being the new instrument of God, and take salt, which would normally make water worse, and place it in the bowl. Then Elisha poured the salt into the water, and supernaturally the water was healed. After Elisha left Jericho, he headed to Bethel. In 2 Kings, 2nd chapter, verses 23 and 24, where he was mocked by a group of young men, Elisha spoke a curse upon the gang, and two bears came out of the woods and killed 42 of the young men. Folks, it is never a good idea to mock God's anointed, as the prophet acts as God's mouthpiece. In 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 1-7, through 7, a woman had just lost her husband, a prophet, and a creditor was coming to take her two sons to make them slaves to pay off the debt. My friends, too many preachers leave their families spiritually rich but financially poor. The creditor was within his rights to make the boys slaves until the debt was paid or until they were freed in the year of Jubilee. The widow came to Elisha with her problem, and it is a problem common today. There is not enough money to pay all the bills. A woman once told me that she would take all of her bills, throw them up into the air, and the bill that hit the floor first would be the bill that got paid. But Elisha had a different solution. He asked the widow what does she have in her house, and she replied that she had a little bit of olive oil. Elisha instructs her to borrow as many empty jars as she could. She obeys, closes the door to her house, and began to fill the empty jars. The oil continued to flow as long as she had jars to fill. 
Elisha then instructed her to go sell the oil, pay her debts, and live off the rest. My comrades, this shows that God truly cares for those who have faith in him to supply every need. Elisha had many other supernatural events, including raising a woman's son from the dead in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 8-37, through 37, he purified a pot of stew that had accidentally been poisoned in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 38-41 through 41, by adding flour to the pot. Now this was during a famine, so not much flour was available, but not much was needed. The poisoned stew represented the worship of Baal by Israel. It had poisoned the entire nation. God's prophets had helped counteract the effects of Baalism in Israel. Elisha, in 2 Kings chapter 4, verses 42 through 44, took 20 small barley loaves of bread and fed 100 men and had some left over. My friends, God is truly a multiplier of limited resources. The fame of Elisha spread outside his area as Naaman, a commander of the army of Syria, came to Elisha to be healed of leprosy in 2 Kings chapter 5, verses 1 through 19. Naaman came to Elisha as a result of the testimony of a slave girl from Israel who had witnessed to Naaman and his family about the healing power of Elisha. Naaman goes to Elisha and he instructs Naaman to go wash himself in the Jordan River seven times. At first, Naaman refuses claiming that the water from his country is much better than the Jordan River, but his aides convince him to be obedient. Naaman is cured, and he offers Elisha a gift for healing him, but Elisha refused. Now Naaman had brought with him ten talents of silver, six thousand talents of gold, and ten changes of clothing. When Elisha refused to accept the gift, his servant became greedy. Gehazah ran and chased Naaman on his way home and asked for a gift from Naaman and lied, saying it was for someone else. Naaman gave the servant two talents of silver and two changes of clothes. Gehazi went back to his house with the gifts, and when Elisha confronted him, he lied again, not realizing that God had showed all the deeds of the servant to Elisha. The leprosy that had been Naaman's was now Gehazi's. My friends, Gehazi had privileges most did not in Israel. Now, he would be ostracized from society because of his lack of trust, his disobedience, and his greed. This teaches us that when God supplies your needs, you cannot take personal gifts for doing the Lord's work of miracles. My brothers and sisters, when you are a servant of the Most High God, he will let you in on supernatural events. The most important supernatural event in a Christian's life is that they will be raised from the dead to spend eternity with God. While others say death is the end, we say death is the beginning of eternal life. Our days on earth are but a vapor compared to eternity. Will you give your life to Christ and be raised from the dead as he was raised from the dead? Let's pray. Father. We thank you for having supernatural power, the power to raise your followers from the dead, to spend eternity praising you. We give you glory and honor now and in the days to come. 
In the name of the seed of woman, Jesus Christ, amen. And if you gave your life to Christ, email me at hello at greatministries.org and I will give you next steps. I continue to encourage you to find a good Bible teaching church, send your praise reports and your comments to our email address, which is hello at greatministries.org. Please continue to pray for Great Ministries and share us with your friends, your family, your loved ones, and the unsaved. Stay safe, be blessed, and have a great week.